Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode two on creating leaders. I'm your host, Kenya Whaley, and today it's gonna get personal. Yes, I have some butterflies going on. I think I'm a bit nervous. This is the first time I'm sharing my story like this. By the end of this episode, you understand why am I so passionate about this topic of leadership for our children, which starts with us. And my goal for you is that no mama will be left behind feeling lonely or stuck on the past or feeling victimized or less than. No mama's dream will be left untouched. My goal is for you to understand that depends on you, how you see yourself, that you have the power and authority given to you already. Step on it. Become the leader. I dare to say that every problem you have in your life right now is because you have not yet seen yourself as a leader. You're waiting for an outside force or an outside person to do that for you. And let me tell you, this is not their job. That's not your special other's job, your significant other's job. That's the word I was trying to find. It's your job. So let's begin. I was born in Brazil. If you ask, I had a really normal childhood. I was really happy, silly, all the singing and dancing and climbing trees and just have a pretty normal, happy childhood. Yet I didn't have a dad. He left when I was three years old and uh, my mom to provide. She had three different jobs. My grandmother raised my sister and I and we did our best to become a wonderful family, if you will. Yet, if I'm being very honest, I felt lonely many times and I craved, that's the word, I craved the love of a father, the love of a man. I was feeling less than many, many years. As a matter of fact, when I look at my childhood, I didn't have that much feeling in front of me as much as in my teenager years. Feeling victimized, feeling not good enough, feeling that I was in the bottom of the list. And the way that reflect, I would say uh, lack. It's a feeling of overall lack. The money was always tight. Mom is not present and life is hard. <laughs> Welcome to a preframe. Well, with that said, my, my mom remarried and it wasn't until I was married to Jeremy a few years, it wasn't until recently that he did a, um, an exercise with me. Just hang with me, this is very important. And in this exercise, I realized I got in touch to a part of my brain that had been completely locked. I didn't know I had been abused. Like I didn't, I didn't have the stain of uh, the memory of, of an abuse. 
but suddenly that memory was unlocked. And again, Jeremy's in front of me. I've been married for a few years now. And I am right there, this little girl, nine years old, ten years, ten years old, being abused by my stepfather. And after shaking and crying compulsively, I was able to reframe as, wow, look at how long, how far I've come. I have gone through so much. Look at how strong I am. Look at how much I can do. Look at how much I have already done. So now I could look back and see a track record of successes and be able to um, really see myself not in lack, not as a victim, but as a survival, as a strong woman, as a loving person that I am, but in a completely different texture. I know I'm talking to somebody today that perhaps have a similar story. See, what happened when you have an abuse in your life, in my case, was subconscious. But I was living. My subconscious mind was giving me every, every reason to recreate the feeling of continue being a victim, of continue feeling like an abuse. And I'm telling you, your abuser needs your permission to continue to abuse you. Enough is enough. The miracle here is that we have the power to recreate and reframe the feelings of truth and to now embrace that you do have a voice over there. You, you did not have a voice. I remember if I tell my... I remember now, right? The feelings. If I would tell my mom... And she loves this guy. She might divorce him. So you don't. Now as a woman, I tell you what. There's more empowerment in telling a story where you share who you are now than who you were then. I am not the little girl. You are not the little girl. Now we're mothers. Now we have a mission. And you are absolutely right to assume that we are not going to let anyone hurt our children, not even us. Yes, you're right. We can hurt our children. We can hurt our children when we live in the past. We can hurt our children when we don't live at all, when we survive our daily things without modeling to them what could be a life of abundance. And that's why I want to, to stop right now. You heard a little bit of my story. Take a breath. And I want you to visualize a lion in front of you. The jungle. All the other animals around the lion. Now have you stopped to think if the lion is the strongest or the biggest, the tallest, or the smartest animal that is? Have you ever thought about it? Let me answer that question for you. He is not. He is not. What the lion has done for us 
is that he eliminated every excuse. Yes, all of us have a story and we all have excuses that in our minds could be uh, real. But if we are stepping it up for leadership here and our kids' sake and our sake, you have to see yourself as alliances. Well, leadership is 80% attitude and 20% skill. (laughs) That's why the lion is the bomb. When he sees an elephant, he thinks, "Mm, lunch. He completely diminishes this huge animal into "Mm, lunch. And then he goes towards it and attacks it. And you know what happened? In real life, that's why skillful people work for people that have the right attitude. I want that for my children. That extra ability that will give them the step up towards all their dreams. His dream, her dreams. And that's attitude. So Linus's. I invite you to have the right attitude. Imagine if the next big problem you have, you say, huh, well, that's a boo-boo. That's inconvenient. Oopsie-daisy. Instead of, oh, man, we're going to die. Or, oh, we're just going to have to sell everything and open bankruptcy. Use the gift of vision. I promise you that today I would give you a habit, the number one habit of leadership, and that is vision. Use the gift slash habit of vision to see the best you can see. Now let's make a little bit more precise. The best is a little vague. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want for the day that is in front of you? Maybe your vision for 10 years is too big. Maybe you start with a vision for today. So you start a day. This is, this is a little action step real quick. Pick your favorite song, a three-minute song, a four-minute song. Close your eyes and do your prayers inside of you, your meditation inside of you, whatever it is. But instead of talking to God, you're going to visualize how you want your day to be like how you want your school day to be like, how you want your kids to just visualize. Of course, (laughs) they still have free will to do whatever they want, but you are setting up your state, your heart, your mind, your spirit to have a phenomenal day, the the day, the way you saw it in your mind. I will share with you in the next few episodes, some a project that I've been working on, which is uh, meditation, to carry you through that visualization, because that is the biggest muscle that you can give to yourself. The Bible says, without a vision, a man perish. Well, vision is a gift, but it's also a habit. If you don't have the habit, you go with the flow. And I dare to say that the flow around us, it is other people's agenda, including the kids' agenda. So, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for your love and for hanging with me in such a personal day. 
thank you for making me feel at home. I love you. Do the best you can. Your best is more than good enough. I'll see you tomorrow. If you're listening to this podcast and you live in Middle Tennessee, just know that I am a director of a classical conversations community and we are open to receive new families. Feel free to reach out, send me a message, and I would love to tell you more about it. Thank you and have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow.